Adios, amigo. Only one man is crazy enough to pull a stunt like this. Only one man is crazy enough to go after it. You pull the cord! Patrick Swayze. Now you pull it! Six seconds! Keanu Reeves. Point Break. Rated R. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. You are listening to this podcast with me, Angela Yoshiko, and my co-host, who has a freshly shaved beard, Tyler Wilson. You know, people have, you know, they see me or they see a picture of me and they say, oh, you have a quarantine beard or a pandemic beard. And really, I do this normally. I will grow a beard for as long as you allow me to. And then there's a point where you say, please shave your beard. And then I shave it. And then the process just starts all over again. I appreciate how in that story, you depicted me very kindly where I say, please shave your beard. It's not usually the words you use. Because I think it's more like. Oh, fuck. Nope. Not kit. Nope. Nope. It's got to go. I'm done. It's got to yeah. go. So that's usually like a 40 or 50 day cycle. Yeah. If not, yeah. maybe a little shorter than that. So It depends. Sometimes shorter, sometimes longer. So, yeah. I mean. It really depends on how you're managing your mustache. Because if you keep the mustache trimmed, <laughs> I'll allow the beard to go longer because I'm a top lip kisser. So I can kiss you without like Nobody feeling like that. I'm really up in like a, in a kissing a dog or a grizzly bear Mm -hmm. but when the mustache gets going down and and then it tickles and the hair goes straight up my nose when Mm -hmm. i kiss you Mm -hmm. um that's when it's gotta go it's always fun though because you can shave it off in fun ways and it always startles the children when you shave off your beard in fun ways yeah it's a it's a beard removal tradition yep to see how creative and how big of a reaction you can get out of them Mm -hmm. and our kids are pretty good about giving pretty boisterous Mm -hmm. reactions our oldest son really liked he was mad that i had got because i left chops and like a goatee for the first shave and he thought that was pretty impressive because it was like a pretty thick chops and thick uh on my chin so Mm -hmm. he's like oh yeah i keep it that way but i didn't and then he didn't like the the other ones as much one thing i will say about ellie is he has strange taste in uh physical appearance yeah, he does. Like uh, when we rewatched uh, like episode one, season one, long like fifteen years old of Property Brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them had like bleach tipped hair, and it was so bad. Elliot's like, oh, I think it's handsome. Yeah, he liked that. And then sometimes like I'll, my hair will be really bad, and I know it's really bad. And he's like, I like it, mom. I'm like, oh. well, you recently dyed your hair, but you left the you bleached it first, and you left the bleach blonde for like a day. Yeah, he really liked that. He's like, that looks good. I'm like, no, and then you actually no, put your, you actually put your color, and he's like, eh. yeah. he's a, he likes blondes. I mean, we we I we established that when he was about nine months old. Yeah, he'd we, ogle we your like, uh, coworkers that were blonde, right? Yeah, he'd be like, ooh, who's this blondie over here? Yeah, he did like blondes. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. He always always had a more of a blonde. brunette guy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, now that we've talked about our personal physical preferences um we are going to talk about point break from 1991 Mm -hmm. starring keanu reeves and a bunch of other people patrick swayze yeah (laughs) Yeah. let's not gloss over that but before we get into high stats we want to talk about what we've been watching recently right and so uh what you've been watching well uh the one that i really really uh liked was i you know some nights 
when you go to bed and you know you're just like what am i gonna watch and then it's like there's things that you could choose i, I there's so many things you can even when now things have slowed down and we don't have as many movies there's still a lot that i haven't watched and i could watch and so when you get on the amazon or the hulu or the netflix or the disney plus you're just like what am i gonna watch and you just it's overwhelming you spend a lot of time but i did that same day they amazon put out a new movie called the vast of night and I was looking at a few other of their new titles because I needed something new to write about for something. And it was the one that had, like, eh, pretty good reviews of the ones I was looking up. And, man, it is really, really good. It is, like, if you are itching for kind of, like, a bigger spectacle-type movie, but something you've never seen before, this is great. Because it's a small-budget movie. The director is Andrew Patterson. I think it's his first feature-length film. And he it's on a tiny budget. And it is about, it's set in the 50s, and it's about a, a DJ and a, a telephone operator, switchboard operator. And they hear a strange signal on the radio and on the phone. And most of the town is at a high school basketball game, and so the town's really quiet, it's really empty. There's these long sequences of them kind of like walking through the darkened town, and sound plays a big part, and they, they unravel this mystery. And it is just really well made for the budget it's on uh just kind of visually impressive in that regard but sound design amazing and just a, it's 90 minutes it's a get in get out kind of thing and uh it, you know it's not un, it's not like a overly original idea i mean it's got close encounters vibes very much so and mm -hmm. and has some of that energy to it but it's just really well made and it's when you're looking for something that's kind of fresh and something you haven't seen but you still want a little bit of that cinematic experience mm -hmm. I really liked it. Now they show they were Amazon bought it and they were showing it at some drive-in theaters across the country, mm -hmm. but now it is I don't know if they're still doing that anymore. If it was and you were in a town they had, I would recommend seeing it that way, but um it's on Amazon Prime now, so. There you go. The Vast of Night came out in 2019, PG-13. It came out this year on Amazon Prime. It's a 2020. It was in its festivals last year, I guess, so. Oh, I see it says 2019, but it does say then May 15th, 2020. Yeah, a lot of times on IMDb, this is a fun fact for you, there'll be, it seems like a movie is like a, listed as a prior year, but it hasn't, it, it gets counted for like Oscars in the next year. It's because they will screen at a festival, so they count it as like that year of the movie, but it didn't get, doesn't get an official release. That's usually how I count and how most people count when a movie is, what year it belongs in, essentially. Look at you and your movie knowledge. I was just thinking when you were talking about, like, the fatigue of choosing what to watch, mm -hmm. is that you and I should start a service where we curate. It's like, you know how people curate a subscription or a clothing, or they send you mm -hmm. what? We could curate a list of these are the things and where to watch it and when to watch it. Well, that Always Sunny episode that we watched recently, they talk about, they spend the whole episode where they talk about how Netflix or whatever is supposedly helping you decide making these decisions, right? Right. Well, they, there's an algorithm, they figure out what you like, but yes. as the gang figured out, it does. it's not always accurate. The algorithm, you know, it's an algorithm. And they also are pushing their own shit too, like shit they that are. they want to do well. They're they're. But I feel like there's there's actually probably some really smart people out there. The service probably already exists, but I want to be able to plug in, kind of like what I'm in the mood for, or even just for mm. someone to tell me what to watch. Because okay. making the decision is difficult. I tell you what you need to do. You need to get okay. a time machine and go get yourself a job at Blockbuster Video circa 1993. Yes. Then you could be that person where and someone then, comes in and be like, well, I don't know what to watch. And you'd be like, well, let me tell you about a uh, Point Break or, yes. or something, you know. I thought you were going to say I could go back and save Blockbuster. 
You could. There's only the one up in I, Oregon. Because if I could so. go back in time, I could make Blockbuster the Netflix, and then there'd be no Netflix. It would just be Blockbuster. Well, Blockbuster did try the discs in the mail thing too for late. a while. They were, too they late. were doing it both, and you could ret- we had it for a little while. You could return the movies. You could almost get like double the Netflix because you could go and return the movies at the store and rent them there, but then also get some. Mm-hmm. It was a good thing, but apparently it was a. Uh, they were work. losing money, and that yeah. Then streaming came along, and of course See? we all know what happened. I could go back in time, and on a different timeline, Blockbuster is king. Okay, but when how would you be able to then recommend? You'd be having the job in which you recommend, in which I create the algorithm. People, ha- you could have that job now, probably. You could, could go like, you may like this. I you mean, may I like am that. taking a computer programming class, so that pretty much makes me a computer software. And I'll think about all the. Sites and things that use, like, you might like this. Like, all the movie review sites do that, and uh, Redbox even does that, and all these other things that you could use. A- you know, Amazon, Google, but Apple. I want it to be, like, good. Uh-huh. And then also, when I turn on my TV, I don't want to have to, like, log into the platform. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to scroll and choose. I want it to just be, like, would you like A, B, or C? And that's all the choices I get. Mm-hmm. Because decision fatigue is a real thing. And I think Netflix and these streaming devices are killing us. Yeah. Well, I think Netflix is actually probably worse at it than some. Like I, Because I think that they really push their original content. I'll tell you who has the best taste in terms of what I want to watch. It's Amazon Prime. Because if you turn on enough 80s action movies, <laughs> they'll be like, what, you watch that? Don't you you want to watch this one? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> because you watch. Yeah. So they kind of they kind of understand me a little bit. Because mm-hmm. now that's not what I always like. I like seeing other things too. But mm-hmm. I like that it's rec- because that's what's available on Amazon Prime is a lot of like those 80s movies and stuff like that that aren't available anywhere else. So I appreciate how they're like, well, if you like that. Here's Invasion USA, or here's a Miami Connection. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, exactly. That's what I want to watch. Thank you. So I think in this podcast, we can provide that service to you with mm-hmm. our what we've been watching. So today, you should go watch The Vast, the Vast of, of Night. Night. Yeah, that's true. Done. Next time you're scrolling, get that one on the list. We rented something with the children. We spent money mm-hmm. and rented... Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. <laughs> and this was probably the most enjoyed film we've rented of no, I don't know about that. What in did we the last rented? six months, we rented Matilda, which we did a whole episode on, and you love, so. which was delightful. But I feel like I heard you and oh. witnessed you really enjoying Listen, Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. the Hedgehog is not a good movie by any stretch. It is just another kids at a just a live action kind of loud kid deal, and it, it Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I listen. I played. I had a Sega Genesis. I still, I have that new Sonic, I, I play Sonic games. I like Sonic the Hedgehog. But there's no, you can't make a movie about this. Like, it's not about. Oh, but you they can. Did. But I mean, it, it's not, it's not a, it's not set up to be like a world in which you could tell a, a compelling story. Not really. There's a bad guy and there's a hedgehog. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, they don't even use the sub-characters of, well, Tails, spoiler, he pops in at the last second, but. He, I thought Tails was a girl. Oh, I don't know. He could, he or she could be. I have no idea, actually. No idea. Well, I thought Tales there's, was a girl. There's shows. Maybe, well, there's cartoon shows, so maybe that has been established in the cartoon shows that I've never seen. Um, yeah, because there's been TV shows about Sonic the Hedgehog, so I'm saying like you couldn't make it into a narrative. And here there have been several series where they've done multiple stories. The gender of Miles Tails Prower from the Sonic the Hedgehog series is male. Okay. Male. Anyway, what I was enjoying about it, because it's not a good movie, but I'll tell you why I had a good enough time watching it. You had a great time watching it. Yeah. 
I mean, again, it's not good, but... <laughs> you enjoyed yourself. I did because it had a key ingredient that I thought was kind of fun and a throwback. Here's Jim Carrey, who's not really done a part like this since the 90s, where he's just kind of going ape shit mm -hmm. and just being really off the wall and really kind of over the top. I, I mean, maybe he's done it a couple times, but this is where we're just like, I don't know, he, he's been... He's, like, painting and shit. I don't know. Like, he hasn't been doing this kind of yeah, stuff for a while. Yeah, it feels like he's been on, like, an existential pathway for a while. And I think he's a great actor. I mean, in a lot of... The Truman Show future episode, uh, Eternal Sunshine. I, I mean, he's he's a gr man on the moon. He's a great actor. But I think, you know, people... I mean, people definitely probably got tired of the antics, right? But now it's been so long that here he is playing the villain, Dr. Robotnik. And it is just, like... They clearly gave him, like, $6 million, and they were just like, yeah, look, you could read the script, you could re read from the script, you could make up your own thing, just, like, do whatever you want. And that's pretty much what he does, and it is insane. And really funny. It's funny, because it's just like, what is that? Like, it doesn't, it, it's so out of, it doesn't belong in the movie, but and, here it is. But what's-his-name was also good. James Marsden, the yeah. lead. Yeah, he's yeah, fine. Cyclops. Could be, yeah, it could have been a totally way worse uh, performance. I liked him in the movie yeah, enough. Yeah, he was. And it was a great casting. Ben him. Schwartz is the voice of Sonic, and while I don't know if it's using his comedic talents to its full extent, it's at least better than some generic voice. Fuck Tony. Fuck Tony from okay. Space Force. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, and Leonardo in the Rise of the Team NT series, and and John Ralphio in Parks yes. Rack. Yeah. There we go. A comedian. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, would I recommend it? I don't know, because I don't think that everybody's going to be, like, on board with the well, nonsense. I think the question is, mm -hmm. did you play Sonic the Hedgehog? Have you dated someone who's played Sonic the Hedgehog? Do you like Jim Carrey 1990? 1995, yeah. 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 Then if if yes, go ahead. And they fixed him because I remember when the trailer first came out, they, Sonic the Hedgehog didn't look like Sonic. They made him look more realistic, and it yeah. was horrible. Terrible. They correctly did the right decision, and they spent money and fixed him. And then they correctly put the movie out before the coronavirus pandemic started. And they actually made money, so it, yeah. it worked out for him. So I went and saw Pikachu, Detective whatever. Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Um, with kids in the Last theater, year, and yeah. I kind of don't totally remember it. I never saw it. But that. I wouldn't mind watching it again and doing a comparison. But from what I remember, I feel like, and I don't know if it's just because I was enjoying watching you enjoy Sonic, mm -hmm. but I feel like Sonic was a better movie. Okay, yeah. And it's that's a good comparison because in that movie you have Ryan Reynolds doing the voice. Yeah. So they're trying to do a similar kind of vibe, I think, is a good comparison. But I haven't seen that movie. So. I think where Sonic won over was um, the adult actors really carried the film in a believable but fun way versus in the Detective Pikachu, it was like young adults, like kids, the main yeah. kid. And it just it didn't. I mean, you had Ryan Reynolds' voice, so he was trying to like do some funny things. but. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Jim Car Jim Carrey and James Marsden. It might be a case of uh, so Pikachu and Pokemon is po while popular for people who have grown up because it's been around a while. It's still very popular with kids. Mm -hmm. Whereas Sonic the Hedgehog, I know that they make Sonic games, but it is an icon of our generation. Of old millennials. It's so perfect, I think that their yeah. idea was like, well, we're gonna at least make it somewhat accessible to the, the crowd that really liked Sonic versus people that maybe like they think Sonic's fine. Yes, but don't have a connection to it so much yeah. as like someone who grew up on Sega Genesis would be like, yeah, Sonic, Sonic yeah. 2. When I got, I got the Sonic and Knuckles game where you could plug in the Sonic 1 or 2 game on top and you could play as Knuckles in those old games and it was awesome. 
I don't know what you're talking about. It was an extra little slot, and you could play as Knuckles. I know, you're so And rich. Knuckle could glide. You were so fancy. I didn't have all these one Sega fancy game. consoles. I didn't even have Sonic 1. I had Sonic 2, and I had Sonic and Knuckles. You had a Sega. Yeah. I a just lot had of people a had Sega. A regular... What's, did you get a Super Nintendo? No, we just had. Nintendo. I didn't get a. I had. I had Sega Genesis, and my my brother had the Nintendo, and he, he never let me have that. It was gone. My cousins, Tommy DJ, they got the Super Nintendo. So oh, do you co- do you constantly talk about them being rich because they're also not rich? What is your problem? Well, it sounds you, like you're you envious of having fancy a hundred dollar video game, fancy cable TV, <sighs> watching your Nickelodeon all the time, rubbing it in my face. Sounds like your parents were just cheapskates. You know, actually, <laughs> I was just talking to my mom today, and I was like, "Man, I do not know how you afforded to like put us through piano lessons and 4-H and I didn't have cable <laughs> sports." And she's like, "Well, we had to give up other things." Ah, I discovered what it was. It was yeah, the cable see? and the video games. Your parents made the wrong decision. Obviously, <laughs> if the choice between like cur- extracurricular activities or television, a television. Because here we are with a podcast, and what are those other people playing fucking piano? Me. All the piano halls those, are closed, those fuckers. other people are, are me. You're looking at the other people. Oh, well, are you playing the fucking piano in a piano bar next weekend? That's what I thought. I actually am. It's a dueling piano. We will be wearing masks. And a 25% capacity. No, Woo! Hey, um, be safe out there. What are you doing, everybody? Tell what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not talking about that shit. Just okay. be safe out there. That's all I'm saying. So go watch The Vests of Night. Go mm-hmm. watch Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, Tyler, you've also been watching a lot of Batman movies. Yeah. Well, so Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new movie, is still supposedly coming out in July. I have my doubts about that. But the tr- newer it's trailer... Inception 2. It kind of fills that vibe, right? And But any time a Christopher Nolan movie comes out, even though I haven't loved the last couple of them... But I did love the last couple of them. Why'd you say it like even that? Even though I didn't love them. I know. I did, though. Which one? You didn't even see his last one. What? Dunkirk? No, but what was the one before that? Interstellar, which I don't I, care for. It was so it's good. Okay. It's okay. So good. Uh, it's okay. But, um. This is a divisive topic. Yeah. Um. Christopher Nolan. So, you know, I'm excited about that, even though I know I personally won't be going to the movie theater to see it, because I'm not fucking around. But, um. Question for you. Do mm-hmm. you think you'll ever go back to the movie theater? Yes. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Really? Yeah. You don't think, like, you're always going to now just, like... You are already not enjoying going I mean, to the I'm, movie theater. You would, like... You would flinch whenever you heard a cough a hundred feet away. I'm a little bit of a, um... Yeah, I don't... This this is, this is situation is probably, like, the... If all the catastrophes that could happen, this really kind of, like, does strike at a, a core, uh character flaw of mine which is it's just not like, a character flaw. well it's just i don't like it's this a sort of thing right yeah so it's it's your living nightmare it is it's my living nightmare i feel like you manifested this shit because you've been worried about it for for decades well i was worried about it for decades and i also uh knew it was coming when yeah. everybody else was like you, ah it's fine you manifested the shit it's I, all your fault we told, we told friends to buy toilet paper we knew it was coming um but yeah no i mean yeah if we get a vaccine and we can figure this shit out maybe eventually yeah maybe I don't know. The country might crumble before that, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> anyway, so but this is you know. But the point is, is that we're trying everything's shitty, but we could talk about fun things too. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Nolan. Yeah. So I watched. Uh, it's been a couple years since I watched the his Batman movies, and I really like the Batman movies for the most part. So I watched uh, Batman Begins one night. That movie is because it's because it's the oldest. I I. Can it's I've seen it so well and I so many times it's familiar to me that I can half watch it kind of and it's it's pretty good but not like as good as the next one so it's you know it's all good so I enjoyed it but whatever the Dark Knight I watched 
and god the dark knight is is two and two and a half hours it's two hours a perfect movie in my opinion like it is the first is that two the hours one with bane no it's the joker with heath oh. ledger yeah that the, one first, was the first one god no, i can't batman begins yeah so the dark knight is i think perfect for two hours it is just like a sprawling crime epic it's got all these things that are happening at once a lot of different character arcs that kind of build on each other and i love it right and I've always loved the movie entire, and I, I still think it's, even after watching it this time, one of the best movies of that decade, the 2000s. It's it's so good. Um, but, you know, I think that the, the as time has passed, people have been more critical of its last half hour or so. And there was some of that at the time, too. People just kind of talking about how the Two-Face arc kind of bleeds into the Joker arc a little bit. And I, yeah. I like the movie a lot, and I like all that, but I was as I was watching it, I didn't, I mean, I was kind of pin, pinning down on this a little bit because I noticed, like, yeah, I mean, even even someone who likes the movie in general, there's like, this is so good. And then it's like, yeah, but something's, what's happened here? Like, there's mm-hmm. a little bit where it's like, it's pretty good. It's almost on the level of, I think, of Batman Begins, which I have a movie I like. But, and here's what I, what I came to. The, and I've always thought, like, the argument is usually, like, the Two-Face arc feels rushed at the end. Like, we have a Harvey Dent story and then you feel like, oh, they're setting up Two-Face for another movie. But instead, they just decide to do Two-Face, and you get an extra half-hour movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I always thought, like, and I could see the arguments, like, well, it's rushed. It needs to be the Joker story or whatever. And no, I actually disagree. I think what makes the first two hours so compelling is the arc of Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. And so you get this really complete arc, and I really like that we get the the fall, too. We get to see the other side, and it's a really compelling storyline. And it, it speaks to what the Joker's plan for the whole movie is. Its whole intention is basically to knock this guy down, right, in the end. Um, I think the reason it doesn't quite gel perfectly is because the movie still is dealing with the Joker for a little bit. Like, as Harvey Dent turns into Two-Face, we still have this business with these two fairies and the bomb and the, you know, the supposed plothole of having the bombs not, the, the police not checking for the bombs and all this other stuff. And so there's this little interruption where it's, it is part of the Joker story, but it is, it's not the one that matters, the one that matters. And it's kind of a bleak ending for Two-Face and really the Joker wins this battle. Um, it kind of interrupts that. And I feel like this is the first time where I've been like, oh, this would be, if we could just like, if the Joker focused on not the fairies and focused on Harvey Dent in the last part and Batman had to do something else related to that, I think it would be a much more powerful end for Harvey Dent if that narrative switched because there's a great scene where the Joker goes and visits Harvey Dent in the Mm -hmm. hospital and he has that moment where he could kill the Joker but he chooses to flip his coin right Mm -hmm. like that's where the movie shifts right and it's great to see the Joker and Batman interact but the the true story that what made the whole arc really well is that we followed Dent down this path and so Mm -hmm. I just I I was like oh man this is this is what it is this is the reason that it's it's still really good though, and you still get like several good. There's a couple more Joker scenes that are really good. So even when it's like not perfect, you're like that ah, was pretty good. I mean, they still pretty are good. doing good stuff. Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed was that um, God, I love Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon, right? But like watching this one and watching Dark Knight Rises, I'm just like, I like he's a great performance and everything, but man, he's a bad commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's bad. Like, yeah. the whole thing with Harvey Dent wouldn't even happen if he had listened to Harvey Dent in the first place about moles and shit being in his department. Yep. And he's just like, well, I'm trying to fight the mob, blah, blah, blah. And he, he, even at the end, like, there's a part where 
when the, it's with the fairies. He's, they're about to go raid, apparently. They know where the Joker's going to be with the money, and they're going to go raid it, right? Well, the movie kind of clogs us a little bit, because then the Joker calls in and be like, well, there's fairies coming, and blah, 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 and I'm putting... Or not fairies, or you better get out, or there's going to be bombs going off somewhere. And the whole police force decides, like, okay, we got to shift gears, we got to go, and and uh take care of this and make sure public safety but it's like but wait you knew where he was maybe like are we gonna see that through or like did he do you already miss him like what's going on so just like commissioner gordon get your shit together yeah figure it out and then the next one it's even more of that shit he's i mean he feels really guilty for lying about batman taking the death you know taking the fall for dent and all the other stuff um anyway so then i started <laughs> the dark knight rises last night i was gonna watch the whole thing but then our fucking kid got up so i'm only halfway through it the Dark Knight Rises is a movie that I've always found to be pretty messy and I don't like as much as the other ones because it's just a lot. They He bit off a lot and I don't think it quite works. Um, also, it just has the problem of following Heath Ledger. It's just like there's no winning, right? I mean, you've done the best villain. You've done the second best villain with two. Like, you've... It's tough, right? The shot is load already. It's tough. Now, I, I will say I didn't finish it, but I, I found myself really enjoying the ambition of the first half and i but i know that i this it's the second half i have problems with so i'm waiting but this time i thought it was really interesting because there's new new parallels with bane with some of our current situation that i i think are what i thought maybe with some of the political voice in the movie previously may have been a little vague and now i may be seeing it as like well is it vague so that it could be applied to multiple things and can you take that as a more dramatic, a, a more general theme on something, and I thought that that line of thinking in my brain was interesting and worth exploring. But it's hard to say because I didn't watch the second half of the movie. You didn't finish it because Marshall's a dick. Yeah, so I don't know, but okay. I was enjoying it. And God, I think that uh, Anne Hathaway doesn't get enough credit for that performance in that movie. She's good as Catwoman in a way that is unexpected. She does it in a cool, different way. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. But you've always been a. I like Anne Hathaway fan. in general. So, oh, speaking of things we watched recently, mm-hmm. yeah. we also watched Princess Diaries. Speaking of <laughs> Anne Hathaway, oh yeah, I, yeah, I watched which, most of that. I guess which you, I don't think you had actually seen most of. Maybe you'd like watch some of it on TV. Yeah, I think I. And then what I remember about it is, I think I'd, I've definitely seen the sequel because I was like, "Well, what's that?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, that must have been." So I, I have a better memory of seeing the sequel, I guess, mm-hmm. and I don't know much about the first one. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's Anne Hathaway's jump start to celebrity dance. She's good in it. I don't think it's a particularly great movie. It's okay. Whoa. Watch what? yourself. I don't... I mean, what's what's good about it? I mean, other than it just being, like, pleasant. I don't know. What is... What What do you like about it? I mean, it's about... It's, it's about a girl mm-hmm. who discovers that she's a princess. Mm-hmm. It's like every girl's wish fulfillment fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. And... It's all like feminist and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. Di- I mean, I don't have anything against it. I just I didn't find it to be like. I don't know. It was just very like Disney live action Disney. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just it, you were very underwhelmed. I think it's because listen, I listen. We've talked about Disney live action Disney movies that we love on this show. I think. If you're a certain age and you see it and you're like, yeah, that it speaks to you, right? As yeah. a as a 
a thirty something man. I don't I don't know. What? You're not into princess wish fulfillment? It is weird because Anne Hathaway is young in the movie and I I like Anne Hathaway and I try to remember like, well, I was about her age and she's my age and it's okay to think that she's like pretty in the movie, but I'm like she's an underage in the movie and it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> She's playing a young kid. I know that she was 18 when she did the movie, and she's my age now, and it's okay that I think that she's attractive now, but maybe I shouldn't be saying that I think she's attractive because I do like her as an actress, and God damn it. It's a very troubling line and of thinking. These are the discussions that women want men to have with themselves. It's troubling. You don't know. <laughs> you, you, you're getting clouded by, you know, hormones, and it's just confusing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well... That we've been watching a lot of stuff recently. I was excited because when we first turned on Princess Diaries, there's a shot of her looking older than yes, she was in the movie. Definitely. And it was Chris Pine and yeah. I had not remembered Chris Pine and then it was I think it's just glitching. It that's the sequel that yeah. he's in and the she goes for and, the sequel, yeah. Right. So yeah. anyway, no Chris, I was excited. I was like, "Ooh, Chris Pine, I no don't remember Chris Pine him in, in the this movie, movie. That we watched and we didn't watch the sequel, so yeah. disappointed. You watched another movie that I'd seen years ago. Don't remember. What was it? Um, so one of those days where you're just flipping through trying to find something. Mm-hmm. Um, I c- came across a Daniel Radcliffe movie from a few years ago, like seven years ago. It's an old one. 2013, I think it came out. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that Horn- And it is called Horns. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, it's got Harry Potter in it. And it's about him. Um, I'm sure he loves being referred to that as that. Yeah, it's about him being accused of killing his girlfriend who he was about to be about to propose to. Mm. He didn't, and suddenly he grows these horns, which uh, makes him kind of like a devil. And then as he talks to people, they like don't they don't acknowledge the horns, but they do. And then they like start confessing to him, and then he can like persuade them to do things. And Mm. so he basically goes through the movie and has to like solve the crime of this murder. Um, by talking to his friends and brother and all these other characters and getting them to reveal the it's truth. Quite a to premise. <laughs> and then the ending, it, it just, I mean, it just goes down a very dark path and shit. I mean, something gets his face blown off. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. 2013 it came out. Well, I don't, re- I mean, I remember watching it around that time it was on video maybe, but I don't, don't remember what my impressions are. Did the, you like it? I, I mean, I did. It was kind of in my realm of like fantasy realm that I like. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I watched it to the end. So that's a, <laughs> all right. That's a thing I did. Good. I was trying to see who one of the actors was because he was so familiar. But I it was uh, Ron familiar. Weasley, Hermione Granger. Yes. No. Anyway, can you, can you imagine if there was a Harry Potter where he grew horns and like blew someone's face off? I mean, that'd be that'd be a thing. Yeah, I think so. Max Minghella is that? Oh yeah, he's he's in stuff. He direct. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but he's in stuff. No, I gotta look it up now because it's gonna just drive me crazy. Great, you should tell me when you do this so that I should start filling. Do filling the time. I'm doing it now. Filling the time. Um, we also started watching Space Force. Do you want to talk about that now? We didn't finish it. I'm just gonna throw it out there. We've been watching it. We've been watching it and enjoying it. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, We'll maybe we'll talk about when we're done with it. Maybe that'll be fair. Maybe that'll be fair. Well, you know, give the show its full arc, and then we can discuss it, I suppose. This is only the ten episodes. Okay, so. I, I recognize him from The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. Okay. So there you go. That was bothering me. He was also in, like, eight episodes of The Mini Project, but I recognize him from When you the say Tale. The Handmaid's Tale, do you mean real life? Fuck yes, I do. Okay. And it's scary, and let's not talk about it, because it scares me. Okay. And this is supposed to be an escape from that scary reality. Right. Okay. So... 
Are we done? That's what we've been watching. <laughs> Good sig. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to segue into Point Break. Point Break. So we're, uh, this is kind of our kickoff to summer action. We're going to do some blockbusters. We're going to get into that mode. We've been doing a whole different kind of deal, and now we're going to do something else. We're going hard, hard right, hard, whatever, whatever direction you hard like. Hard right? Hard left, hard right, whatever. Just, we're going hard. We're going hard to point break. Hard blockbuster point break. So. Which came out. High stats. High stats. In 1991, July 12th, 1991, right in that prime Fuck summer yeah. blockbuster time mm-hmm. frame. Two hours, two minutes. Rated mm-hmm. R. Oh, it's rated R. Directed by Catherine Bigelow. Who would go on to win an Oscar for The Hurt Locker and made like Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Stars Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, Gary Busey. Oh, yeah, Lori Petty. Lori Petty, who is and on a, a previous of episode people. of In the Army Now with Polly Shore. Remember yes. her? Yes, yes, yep. yes. So, Point Break. What was its uh, box office gross? I feel like it was a hit. It's right in the middle of Swayze uh, mania. What do you think it was budgeted at? $60, million, maybe? Nah, that's too much. $50? 50, $50 million? Is that your guess? $50 million budget. Close. $24 million? Oh, not close at all. No, they not close They made it on a good budget. That's good. Pretty good. And it grossed in the U.S. $43 million and then $83 million wow. worldwide. So not. Not a huge, huge, huge hit. A little surprised by that. Seems like it'd been a big hit. Swayze? Peak of his powers? I mean, he made Ghost right around that time? I mean, he's hot in the movie and I love him, but yeah, I, I'm, dude, I'm surprised though. by that too. Yeah, okay. So... Traded R. Uh, we hit the stats. We hit Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. What do we remember? Talk about what do you remember? Did you write something for this? I did. Every episode before we watch a movie, we try to write down a paragraph of what we remember about the movie. Sometimes we remember a lot. Other times we remember nothing. And other times we just write something random because why not? Because sometimes we know the movie too well and it's no point to write the plot if you know the movie too well. Yeah. So I was like seven eight when this came out so right. i definitely didn't see it then no being... you weren't you, you have restricted rating your parents didn't let you go to that movie did no, they no they did not they did, I did not, not rent see that. it either at the time um but at some point mm-hmm. i feel like i watched it with you and i feel like mm-hmm. we only watched it because it was featured in hot fuzz like we knew like i knew what point break was but i hadn't actually like sat down and watched so like it. yeah fuck yeah we gotta watch this yeah. i was like what is this okay it's i actually have time. i have a couple things I know a couple of times that we've watched this. Yeah. I'll tell you about, but go ahead. Okay. That's all I remember about that. Okay. Here's what I remember about the movie. Mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. and his gang of surfers loves to rob banks wearing president masks like Nixon. Keanu Reeves is an FBI agent or something who goes undercover to get in with them. Then he ends up falling for one of the girls, which complicates things. That's all I wrote. That's ish, ish, right? Yeah. He mostly falls in love with Patrick Swayze, though. Let's be honest. Uh, he falls Bodie in love with the lifestyle. Bodie. Yeah, he falls in love with... I mean, with... if I met Patrick Swayze and his name was Bodie, I'd be falling in love with his lifestyle, really? too. I, I think I feel like the name is the weakest part about that guy. I don't think so. B-O-D-H-I. Bodie. Oh, so hot. That's a stupid name. It's a hot surfer name. It is a hot surfer yeah, name, yes. Bodie. But it's oh, also stupid. Yeah, Bodie. Remove the surfing from that. Or move, actually, remove Patrick Swayze from that, and that's a stupid name. It's like, hey, I'm Bodie. Get the fuck out of here, Bodie. Yeah, you but would not Patrick talk to Swayze Bodie. And he's all, hey, I'm Bodie. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. That's true. Well, I wrote, uh, some surfing bank robbers are trouble, but cop Keanu is gonna stop them by going undercover. But he wants to be bros with Swayze, like we all do. 
Anyway, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost love Point Break, and they made Hot Fuzz, so we all must also love Point Break. Exactly. That's true. Now, um, so yeah, I don't know when I saw this the first time. I'm guessing it was just on television. Yeah. And most of my experience with this movie is actually from television. Uh, so I remember seeing it before that, and then Hot Fuzz, um, came out, and they, Hot Fuzz does a direct reference to Point Break, um, they show the clip, and then they also reenact the shooting the gun into the air sequence, which is fucking amazing. So funny. Um, but, so I think we rewatched it at some point around the time when Hot Fuzz came out in 2007, probably just rented the Netflix disc. But then, I don't remember that so much, but then it was on a Sunday, so when we had a um, our first couple of kids, and, well, all the kids, really, you have a little baby in the house, there's a lot of, like, lazy lazy days on the weekend especially because the baby's sleeping on you there's a lot of time and i'll tell you what when your kids are keeping you awake at night sun like sunday's the best day because there's like golf on and golf is the perfect thing to watch when you just want to like doze off in the middle of the afternoon lullaby you to a good nap but i i remember watching point break one one of these days because there's like no golf Mm -hmm. so we went to like me tv which was the channel that showed the Batman, old Batman show and the old Star Trek. And so we watched a lot of that when these kids were little. I think we might have just had uh, maybe one kid because we were – it had Point Break on. And I watched most of the entirety of Point Break with commercial breaks on MeTV oh with all God. the edits right then. I don't feel like I was – well, I watched it with you. Maybe you were – maybe it was a day when you were at work and I was at home with the, the little kiddo. Mm, that sounds like a thing. Yeah. And then, uh, then about a year or two ago – we were at your parents' house, and they had, like, recorded Point Break off TV, but it was, like, with the... It was unedited, so it must have been on, like, a premium channel or something, right? And so we watched it that night, and... But the problem with it... No, I don't know, because it there was commercial breaks, and the thing about that was, is, like... Was how, it dvr so we could... <gasps> we could fast forward. So, okay, but then what was going on <laughs> was now. that... That's right. Your parents had a, a, a system that would do, like, commercial skipper... So it would do a commercial skipper, but for whatever reason, it was, like, skipping over all the commercials plus, like, five minutes of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So then, like, it would only come back for, like, a couple minutes. Like, God, that was the shortest fucking segment of the movie. <laughs> and then we would also, like, not understand, like, wait, why are they here? I thought, that's a weird edit. Like, why did it go from there? I don't remember that being the edit in this movie. And then it took that. us forever to realize that it was jumping over at least yeah. several at minutes of like, the movie. Tyler, fuck, that just jumped in, like, ten minutes. And you're like, it did not. I was like, it fucking did. Look. And it was late oh enough, God. so, and again, we probably had kids that were up, and so I was just like, not, you know, you're half watching we're it. We're like, well, fuck it, we'll just play it from here. Yeah. and But here's the thing, and this is the point I want to get to, is that you watch it on TV, you watch it when you skip parts of it, because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, I want to fucking keep watching this, I don't care if I miss some of it, let's just keep going. Keep- Who's jumping out of a plane? Who's robbing a bank? Let's fucking see. <gasps> and that's what's great about Point Break. Yeah. And that pretty much sums up our whole podcast. I mean, even, goddamn, like, even the way the movie, like, the opening titles with the fucking waves and the big-ass thing, it's fucking awesome right off the bat. And you're like, this movie's gonna goddamn rule. And it does. And, yeah. So, we do have to talk about a couple things. Um, First of all, the first few minutes of this movie is, like, just fucking great early 90s shit, right? Oh, classic 90s. So, you got John C. McGinley is, like, this tough-as-shit, uh... FBI, head of FBI. He's John C. McGinley from, like, he played the asshole doctor on Scrubs, right? Oh, yeah. But he's playing an asshole uh, FBI agent, right? And Johnny Utah's coming in. That's Keanu Reeves' name in this movie, by the way. Johnny Utah. Yep. That's awesome. 
cool name. Oh, I'm going to be missing the part. I mean, it starts off so great because we see Johnny Utah at, like, the gun range and training or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, fucking owning the range because yep. he's awesome. Yep. Right? And he even, like, oh, man, good job, Johnny Utah or whatever. And he gives, like, this sideways thumbs up and you're like, god damn, this movie's awesome. He's so cool. Yeah, he's super cool. But it's also – we have to talk that's – the, that's the main point I want to talk about. But um, when he walks in, I mean, it's just so fucking cool. Like – um, we, we get introduced to all the armed robberies that are happening in LA. It's a hotbed for our armed robberies. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, McGinley is just on fucking fire in these opening scenes. Oh, he is angry at the world. He's like, you, you're a real blue flame special, which I thought was like a homophobic slur, but apparently not. Yes, um, we had to Google it. Yeah, blue flamer is like a law enforcement slang for like an over eager, uh, new cop or Newbie, something like yep. that. Um, I, yeah, seems homophobic, and the way he says it seems homophobic to me, but, you know. But then he said he's like, oh, you're young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah, like, uh, what? Yeah, I know. Wow, coming in real hot with, with the crudeness there. Oh, and then, yeah, I mean, and it's great. And then, so right after that, it's like we get Gary Busey, who's also, like, very much in, like, an early 90s movie, and he's just, like, uh... Oh, he's, he's the the veteran on the scene. It's like who's always wearing like Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, he's like, oh, the air got dirty and the sex got clean in the twenty two years I've been on this uh, job or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, fucking Gary Busey, that's awesome. I love oh, this God. guy, so great. Um, but yeah, and and then you know when we get into the other part of the movie, we'll talk about. But um, so Keanu Reeves, I think that a lot of people in the nineties, especially, and in the two thousands would say that Keanu Reeves is not right for some roles. That he is, what's the word? Wooden. Yeah, stiff. Stiff. And I want to ask you about this, because here's a movie where it is early in his career, early-ish, and he's playing a kind of a blockhead, right? Yeah, he's like... I'm really good at being an FBI agent. Right. And so I'm blah, wondering blah, blah. if you think this is a good Keanu Reeves performance. Well, I love him. Okay, no, I and well listen, I know that. Everybody loves Keanu Reeves. I love Keanu Reeves so much because now we're in a, a Keanu Reeves renaissance, right? We have John Wick and we've now all look have come to appreciate just like what he brings to a movie and the energy he brings to a movie and what physicality he brings to a movie and he's learned that over the years he's fucking way more awesome now than he was then because he's had years to just become i think a pretty good actor when he's casting the right thing i think he acted perfectly in this movie okay okay so i'm gonna call you out a little bit (gasps) because when we were watching this you made some comments but then you convinced me and then as i watched it i was like man you're right because yeah i think that he's I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't make a comment. What I told you was mm-hmm. that they had point break productions, live productions mm-hmm. on stage. Right. And instead of um, having an actor play the Johnny Utah, they would pull someone from the audience to play Johnny Utah. The catch being that they would have to read all of his lines from a cue card because the joke being that Johnny Utah is very like stiff and, and, you know, I think that's the character. A little I think bit. so too. I agree with you when you like flipped out on me. Well, I just think that that's. I think that's a little bit mean spirited of that group to suggest that like that performance could be done by literally anybody, and I don't agree with that. I think it does need a guy who can play a blockhead who could believably be like, "Yeah, I do like surfing. I kind of am getting lost in this world." But not like that. He wasn't like full on Keanu like. 
like Bill and Ted like doing the head thing. That's different and... though. No, I mean we're talking a little bit about like Keanu Reeves via the Matrix, which I think is also a, a kind of a good Keanu Reeves performance. I think he's doing what he needs to do in that movie. Yeah, he's supposed to be kind of having his mind blown, right? Yeah. And in this movie, he's supposed to kind of be a thick scold a little bit. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be, like, conflicted. He's young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah. I mean, gross. How else? Tell me if he's not doing that performance. Young, dumb, and full of cum. That yeah. is what he's doing in that movie. I think that's what they like to call in um, cinema and storytelling is foreshadowing. Now, do I think that <laughs> that it is, like, a great role for a great thespian? No. <laughs> I no. don't think that. But I think that it's a movie that's suited well for him. And I think, like, Speed, again, is another movie where Keanu Reeves is well-suited to play that. He's kind of supposed to be a little thick scold, but he gets the job done when he needs to. He can be totally. a little bit brash. But, you know, he'll, he'll jump out of a fucking plane if he needs to, because totally. that's this guy. So, all right. I'm glad that we didn't have a fight over that. I was a little bit worried, because you did make you some comments. You were, like, calling me out. Not cool, dude. Not cool. You're, you made some comments. Um... So, yeah, we do get this, um, we get introduced to the robberies with them just wearing masks, so we don't know that, I mean, if you've never seen this movie, you, you don't know that Patrick Swayze and his crew, his surfing crew, are these robbers. Not really. You don't know that, although, I mean, I mean come on. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it becomes pretty evident, right? Um, but they have a pretty key rule, and this is why they're, they're successful. They don't rob the back of the bank. They only rub... Uh, rub. Rob the money. You wish you got rubbed by Patrick Swayze hey. in this movie. They only rob the front of the house. And then they, they don't bother with that. That's how they're able to get out quick. And they just do multiple scores during a season, right? And so I thought this was... The, the, the police work in the movie I find amusing. Because the way that they decide that they're going to find... So Gary Busey thinks that surfers are the reason. And I, I kind of like that line of thinking. It's crazy. Um, but I like it. But then the way that they, like, determine where the surfers are from, they, like, do, like, some... CSI shit. They do some real CSI shit. They're, like, pulling hairs and shit, and they're trying to get, like, minerals. Yeah, so there's, like, certain pollution and minerals in certain bays and beaches. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, we have these hairs from the crime scene. Let's analyze it, and then we can determine which beach, and then we can go to that beach. And then they also, so what they do is they then go get (laughs) samples um, from surfers on the various beaches to therefore represent each beach. Yes. And and they find a match. (laughs) So, I, yeah. Now, that suggests to me that, do, are, are surfers territorial? Do they only stay in one area? Do they not go to multiple beaches when they surf? Apparently, some like to stick to some territories. Yeah. And I mean, I got, in the nineties, I got the suggestion that so what this boils down to is because there is a red herring. There's a group of bad surfers that are dicks to Keanu Reeves, huge, including dicks. the Red Hot Chili Peppers guy. Yep, and they're they're shitty, right? And so they're they they're bad guys, and they think that they're the robbers. Yeah, for a little they're while. like drug addicts, and they're in a whole bunch of. So shit. I mean, but here's the thing: they're on that beach, and then Bodie's team is on that beach. Is this just like the beach for fucking criminal I think surfers? It's the bad boy beach. It's the bad boy beach, and if they were Miami, they'd they'd be you know getting the bad boys on them. Oh, yeah, because they're from Miami. I see what you're doing there. I <laughs> forgot what you did. It feels like ages ago we did a fucking Bad Boys episode. Bad Boys, Bad Boys. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's the it's the asshole beach. And if you're a new... That's the thing I've noticed in a, a few other... I can't... I'm having a hard time remembering. I'm not citing my sources. But I, rec- I feel like there are other movies where, like, surfers are territorial. 
and they're kind of dickheads to are other people who are the newbies. Free Ninja Surfer sh- movie, Surf Ninjas. Yeah, yeah. Well, future. You, do you mean future episode Surf Ninjas? Because what what movies are you watching with surfers? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Blue I, Crush. You're going off Blue Crush. Aren't I think you? there's territorial assholes in that movie. Um, I think that um, Surfs Up with Shia LaBeouf as a penguin. I feel like there's territorial shit going on in that movie. Oh, for sure. That would definitely represents surf culture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why uh, wouldn't it? Penguins surf. Hey, hey, I'll hey, tell you who doesn't surf. Hey, Brothers don't surf. Tyler. What? I think it's time for tea time with Tyler. Brothers don't surf. So this is where I milk. fill up my tea, which I do not have today. Brothers don't surf. So, Tyler. Yeah. And as long as it takes for me to be annoyed with you answering the question, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Name is I have iced tea. Movies as you can while I slurp my water featuring surfing. Blue Crush. <laughs> Surf Ninjas. Um, surf's Up. Mm-hmm. God, those are the ones I already mentioned. I don't know many other surfing movies. Um, um, the one with uh, Jason Siegel in Hawaii with the... He goes surfing with Paul Rudd. Oh my God, it's a good... I love that movie. Um, where he breaks up with Kristen Bell. Holy shit, I can't remember the fucking name of the love movie. You, nope, that's the other Paul Rudd one. Holy shit, I can't remember that one. Now I'm, I can't even finish the rest of this because all I'm thinking okay. about is uh, Paul Rudd. It's not Rudd, up here in this list. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, not a, sur- surfing? it's not a surfing movie, but he goes surfing with Paul Rudd, and he learns how to surf, and Russell Brand's out there. Uh, surfing movies. Other surfing movies okay, that I'm thinking enough. of. Oh, that's okay. enough. What other ones are? I mean, there's I so mean, many. I mean, you pretty much named the ones we know. <laughs> there's surfing in lots of movies, I guess. But Adventure. Uh, I mean, there's like Barbie surfing. Barbie surfing. <laughs> Kidding. The Shallows. Oh, yeah. she uh, Blake Lively surfs in that, and then she gets attacked by the shark. That's actually a pretty good movie. I like that movie. Drift. Don't know that one. Local Boys. <laughs> that sounds good. Lords of Dogtown. Oh, I've seen Lords of Dogtown, sure. That's an obvious one. There was like a documentary that, Meet too. the Deedles. <laughs> I've seen that, too. Carrot Top in Chairman of the Board. I've seen that, too. Oh, my God. Who are you? <laughs> I've seen... Oh, because um, it's uh, the Norm, Norm MacDonald famous uh, quote on Conan, where he... Uh, when Courtney Thorne Smith was on, he was like the sec. She was like the second guest, and Norm Macdonald was already sitting there, and she was trying to press chairman of the board, no. and Norm Macdonald would not allow this, no. <laughs> because it was just like she was. He was making fun of it while she was there trying to press <laughs> oh the my movie, God. and then like, uh, and he's like, "What's the name of the movie?" Or Conan's like, "What's the name of the movie?" He's like, oh, "She's like chairman of the board." He's like, "Ah, I'll well, see that smart mouth. See if you can do anything of that." It's like, "Did you spell? Did they spell uh, board B O R E D?" Good. You've not seen that clip? I'm sure I've shown you that. It's brilliant. When you when you said that, did you mean did you did they spell board B O R E D? Well, he was saying that it's spelled like a chairman of the board, but he was saying B O R E D. That's what I said. B O R E D. Are you trying to mess me up? Yeah. I think I said it the right way. You did say it the right way. You fucker. Um, have you uh, have also seen Escape from L A? Oh yeah, he surfs on the uh, <laughs> on the tank. Well, and then uh, Bruce Willis kind of surfs on a tanker in Dire with a Vengeance too. Yeah, he surfs into the uh, the action scene. I like Escape from New York a lot better than Escape from L.A., but that's okay. Whoa. Well, it's not a, it's the sequel. It's not as good. Um, yeah, that's good surfing movies. Yeah, Blue Crush being the best one, though, right? You just, what you doing? You just kind of sit there? That's what she said. I don't remember that movie very much. It's not very good. What about Gidget? I don't know about that. I've heard of it, but never seen it. Okay. Um. Good job. Okay, so... Keanu Reeves doesn't know anything about surfing. Their plan is that he's going to infiltrate the group um, or find these guys by going out and surfing. So he needs help 
That's where he meets Lori Petty. He uses a lie about his parents being dead, so because they know that she's like an orphan or whatever. And uh, I don't know. They have some spark, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I don't buy the spark. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's where the acting falls down a little bit, and maybe it's Lori Petty. I like Lori Petty in general. I think she's, I think she's believable as a surf person and that lifestyle and all that. I think that works yeah, fine. I just didn't see the spark happening between the two. No, not a lot of spark. I mean, thankfully, I mean, it's not I much was of the seeing movie. The spark between Keanu in yes and Bodhi because that's really what this this friendship becomes is because Bodhi comes and saves him from getting beat up by the the Red Hot Chili Peppers guy and these other, like, asshole, really, really bad. Yeah, the druggy surfers. And Gary Busey's get about to blow his cover and run out and help him because he gets caught in the shower. He gets caught in a shower and he can't see him. He's looking from the car. and But he manages to to not blow his cover, but he be, kind of befriends Bodhi a little bit more. And, yeah, he kind of just starts to believe in this lifestyle that Bodhi has about, like, we believe in the surf and we believe in just kind of like living off the land and mm-hmm. we're just about like this feeling and he, it kind of appeals to Keanu Reeves in a lot of ways. And he, unfortunately for a while, is, has blinders to what's going on. They think it's these other guys. And of course we have this big long uh, raid where he's late for because he's too busy surfing and fucking Larry Petty, right? Yep. But this is a pretty hard, because this is an R-rated movie, and other than the language, you kind of forget about that a little bit until you get to this raid, where Gary Busey shoots a guy between the eyes, and then uh, Keanu Reeves gets his ass kicked by a naked chick in a shower. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they kind of bumble this raid, and they get killed, guys killed, and Tom Sizemore shows up as a, we've been trying to get these guys for on drugs for years, or whatever. I've been undercover for five goddamn years trying to bust these guys and work up the chain. So we forget that he's, uh, you know... This becomes more of an R-rated movie, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of what I what I like about Point Break is that it does shift gears, maybe not in a believable way, but you have a very distinct turn of events where Kim realizes that Bodie and his group are the robbers, and so you get a sequence where they have to. St- they are there when they're about to rob a bank. They get out. They r- see them doing this. And you know... So Keanu Reeves is chasing them in their masks, right? And it, it is very apparent from that moment that Patrick Swayze's character now knows that Johnny Utah, or, you know, this guy, is a cop. And so this whole perspective changes, right? And you think, like, this has got to be the end of the movie. He knows, and he's this is like they're going to chase him, and that's it. But there's, like, a fucking way more movie after this. Yeah. We get a pretty awesome chase with shitty cars which i think is fun anytime i think shitty car chases are always a little bit more fun than uh, nice car chases yeah they're 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 more realistic i mean the Bourne series really rode that into town they decided like if you have old shitty cars it's more fun or whatever yes um so they do that and then there's a foot chase and that's pretty fun because patrick swayze is literally just throwing things at Keanu Reeves and stopping him. In one scene, he throws a dog at him. Yeah, so he's gone, he, you know, he's closing glass doors, he's just, like, smashed through them, he's going through houses and alleys, he picks up a dog in like, a house. Like a giant boxer. Yeah, I love it. And he just chucks it at him. <laughs> that slows him down a little bit, right? But what's funny is that he has to pick up the dog and wait for Keanu to run through the door. <laughs> so it's like, the time he saved by he's throwing a dog at him, is, I don't think that was effective. Right, maybe maybe he should have just kept running, But right? it's great. Great but in the movie. It is so. an amazing moment. Um, and then, yeah, we get to the point where, uh, you know, 
he realizes that it's well each no, other. Yeah. What really happens was they set a precedent early where Keanu mentions that he was he was playing in the NFL before he went to the FBI. Mm-hmm. And right, right, yep. And uh, his career was blown because he blew his knee out basically. Yeah. And so. As he's chasing. Oh, they go into the viaduct or whatever. Yeah, and he's running. He jumps down from a big jump and lands on his knee, and it cracks out. And he goes, ah, and he falls to the ground. And this is when he has the shot right. to shoot Patrick Swayze. And he's still wearing the mask. And by the way, he's wearing the mask this whole time. And then if you read the behind the scenes of the movie, he didn't even participate because he didn't have to. He was wearing the mask, didn't yeah. participate in this whole thing. Stunt double. He was overseas pressing ghosts or whatever. Yeah. Which is yeah. good for him. So this is where the scene happens that's in Hot Fuzz. Where he right. starts shooting into the sky because he he has the shot. He could, could take kill Swayze. Him. Yeah. But he doesn't want to because he's conflicted. He likes he this bromance. guy. He can't shake this feeling that he kind of believes in this guy's ideals, even though he obviously doesn't believe in him being a bank robber. And so that changes the perspective. And so you think, okay, now what the, what's the movie going to be now? They know that each other are, are against each other. He decides to go home. Keanu Reeves, like, where no everybody knows deal. where he's staying. Yep, no big deal. With Lori Petty there. Like, dude, they've they've made you. <laughs> like, you can't just go to your house. Nope. So that was a mistake. And sure enough, uh, they Bodie and the team decide that they're going to, they've got plans. And so they go to his house. They take, they, they snatch Lori Petty, and they snatch him, and then they decide to go. <laughs> I, this is just, it, it, it's such a jump in, literal jump in logic that I, I just really appreciate it because they're just like, we are going to go, look, we know that you're a cop. You're going to catch us. So we're probably going to have to kill you or whatever. But you know what we're going to do instead? We're going to go share some fun <laughs> up in an airplane and we're going to jump out of a plane together. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to bond a little bit. I wouldn't say that's what they're doing. Kind of though, because they get in the air and they start like holding hands and they're like laughing and Johnny Utah is having a great time. Yeah. I mean, that part is weird. He's like, he's still entranced by this lifestyle. And I, and there's this moment where you're like, oh, Keanu thinks that he hasn't been made. It seems like that, but he has to know that he's been made. How it's so weird. How would he not know that? And so Swayze says, is it before they jump or after they jump where Swayze tells them they have to do the job and they've kidnapped Lori, Lori Petty after it's off the plane. It's on the well. Truck. There's a couple jumps, aren't there? There's a jump at the end. Yes, you're, yes, but that's a whole different kind of deal. <sighs> so you get so this much. spectacular jump of them, but he's bought and Johnny Utah's having a good time and he's having fun with these guys who are bank robbers, and he knows that maybe something's oh, yeah. wrong. No, so it feels like they have. He hasn't been made yet. Yeah, and by the right. way, this is the one of the confusing parts where we were watching on television that one time and it like jumps ahead and you're just like wait why are they in the airplane all of a sudden like we missed the part where he they were taken from his house yeah and you're just like wow that's yeah they're weird. having a good time they make a ring in the air mm-hmm. so they're jumping down and it's pretty well done i know that you know they shot it with um you know real people in the air i don't think Keanu reeves did a jump i'm guessing no. did patrick swayze do a real jump there's conflicting information out there because okay. he's a he's an actual skydiver he likes to do he was. that R.I.P. so there's a couple conflicting information out there there's one thing out there that says he did like a hundred jumps from the movie okay and then there's another thing out there where the insurance was like you can't fucking skydive during this movie oh but that he did one skydive for the one scene maybe he did a bunch just to because he wanted to do it in preparation or whatever and did it on his own and maybe the production was like eh, maybe don't do that yeah so he did at least one 
real jump. So they get down. Yeah. So, I mean, anytime you're jumping out of planes in movies, I think is pretty dynamic, especially if it seems real and it looks like they use real people. Maybe not the actors in the time, but, you know, close enough stunt doodles. Yeah. So and then, then they use like a crane and stuff to, yeah. to get some effects. And other, you know, other. Yeah, it's it's good. It, it works good. And I, I Catherine Bigelow is... A, it's so weird that a, she directed this. Movie. Is, she's a good director though, and she's been a good director, and so she knows how to stage this stuff. That's why the the, the bank robberies are good, and that's why the chases have, are solid. It's it's compelling stuff. She knows how to shoot action, and I think that that's, um, you know, a, a, goes a long way in why this movie works. But yeah, they get down, and then he's like, "Hey, so we come on, we know what we're doing here. We've kidnapped Lori Petty. We'll give it back, give her back to you." But you got to go rob the bank with us or whatever. We're holding. Yeah, we're going to hold you hostage. You're going to rob this bank with us without a fucking mask on. Ooh, yeah, he, everybody else is going to wear a mask. He's not wearing the mask. Um, and yeah, so then it's just another weird turn where you feel like the movie should be over because they know each other. And now they've got to go rob a bank. And of course, this is when Swayze decides that, you know, they've, they've been made. They've got to go and get the money in the back of the safe. Yeah, which slows him Out down. Of the vault, which has been not his style. No, nope, you don't do that, and that's yep. why they said that. That's why they've been successful. That's why they haven't been caught. It's because they've yep. been not wasting you just time. Take the cash that's in the registers at the front, and then they bust out. And it's always plenty enough time. Nobody gets hurt. It's yeah, a, it's a harmless bank robbery. But this time, too much time. There's a security guard, an undercover police part, a police officer, and the shit goes down. Cop gets killed. His Guard gets, gets killed. killed. Hit, is it his brother? That's what we're trying to figure out. Bodie keeps calling them his brothers. These are his he brothers. looks like his brother. Maybe it's his actual brother. Maybe the not. The one guy seems but, like. Yeah. So his friend gets killed or his brother. And then Swayze, this is when this, it turns. We know that so Swayze's charming in this movie, but he kills in yep. this scene. Kills a police officer. He immediately guard. looks like he regrets it, like he didn't want to do it. But, but we know his true colors it. now. He's the true villain of the movie, which is weird. It's a weird... I mean, it does... Swayze is a good casting in this movie, because yeah. he is charming, and you do like him, and so... the the. I think it matters that he that you use a guy like that to kind of make this shift work and really re- make Johnny Utah realize that he has to actually take this guy down now. So that's a pretty uh, big moment, and then we have we have another sky jumping uh, where they're yes. trying to escape. There's only two of them left. One guy's clearly gonna just fucking die. His other friend. Because he gets shot after killing Busey at the air oh, at fuck. the air max. That's what I was gonna talk about. Yeah. So Keanu Reeves is in trouble. Obviously, because he's just enabled, you know, he's been a part of a, a a bank robbery. McGinley's pissed off. He doesn't want, he wants him to go to jail. Probably, you know, until you sort it out, you got to figure out what the fuck's going on here, right? Yep. But Busey and him run off. Busey tries to, you know, says, I'll take him in. And they just go to the airport and they try to go after him. And I think this is, I think this is the movie's major, major uh, mistake is killing off Gary Busey. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. I shoot think it's him. cheap. Yeah. Shoot him. He survives. Always. But this is a couple... This is like two big key 90s um, Keanu Reeves movies where the partner gets it. And I don't like it. I don't like it either. Jeff Daniels gets killed in, you know, about two-thirds of the way through Speed, and I don't like that either. That's a pretty... That's a big surprise in that movie, at least. That one feels... That one's a gut punch, and it it makes Dennis Hopper's villain all the more, like, hateable. Which yeah. I think it, it works better in that movie because you're just like, fuck, that's Jeff Daniels. He blew up fucking Jeff Daniels. This is bullshit. Um, whereas this just feels like an afterthought. He's yeah. survived the whole movie, now he gets fucking killed. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like, he's done his work. He, he's been on the force for a long time. He's not an idiot. Like, it's bullshit. 
And it's kind of Keanu Reeves' fault, because he's, like, always stopping people from shooting fucking Bodhi. Yep. And granted, he wants to go get Laurie Petty, but come on. Yeah. Don't be killing off Gary Busey. Yeah. Agreed. We like crazy Gary Busey. Agreed. We like him. So, anyway, they get in the plane, and we have another jump. This time, there's fucking fighting going on. And you were telling me about, um... They actually did a Mythbusters or something on Point Break? Is that what you told me? Yeah, because in this in this final... Jump. This jump. Which seems like the climax, but again, it's kind of the climax, but not really. <laughs> there's not enough parachutes, obviously. Right. On purpose. So, what? you know, Bodhi's got one. His mm-hmm. buddy who's been shot and is not going to survive has one. Even... What's the point? Jesus, guys, yeah, die. Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> so Swayze jumps out. Now, Johnny Utah has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Do I just, like, stay here and be safe? Yeah. He waits about 10, 15 seconds, and then he jumps out without a shoot to go catch. Yes. Catch him. He goes so the and tries Buster, to catch him. Um, yeah, go faster. Like, yeah, dive down and yeah, go they, get him. Like, can a person catch another person who's free-falling if they make themselves, you know, very pointy and the other person's fallen kind of flattish? And yes, yes, you, yes, they can. So that one was um, confirmed, verified that that could really happen. Okay, yeah. But I think I figured that one could be true. You can catch someone if the other people are spread out, I guess. Mm-hmm, yeah. The other thing that the movie shows is that they free-fall for like 90 seconds and they're about 4,000 feet up when they jump mm-hmm. so the, the question was can you free fall for 90 seconds from a 4,000 foot height mm-hmm. before hitting the ground and so Mythbusters threw like a dummy out and the dummy hit the ground at 30 seconds so probably not okay so here's a little bit of why I that one doesn't wouldn't doesn't bother me and I, it's kind of annoying that they did it okay because in a movie world it's okay that we stretch things out a little bit in general for big action scenes, right? But also in movie world, we're used to, you know, we get to see multiple angles. We get to see concurrent editing of two things happening at once, but we, sometimes we get tricked into thinking one thing's happening at the same time as something else because we're intercutting them. Yeah. But we don't always, we can't always rely on that as a storyteller. And I assume, and sometimes when we see action sequences, that time is, even though the can't, we're not seeing slow mo, we're seeing multiple angles, we're seeing things that are happening. At different times, and and so, so it could be longer or shorter. It could be. Than what we're, you we're not seeing the. We're not intent. We're not supposed to be seeing the real time event unfolding here. We're seeing the dynamic action scene version of it, and so I don't necessarily need to think that oh they would never be able to fly fall down that far. I'm assuming that they're falling the completely normal amount that they would sure. with flying out of a plane. They're just showing us every little moment and they're slowing it down so that we get to see it. And so that's why it doesn't uh doesn't bother me. And it's it's a oh, very it cool scene. It totally doesn't bother me either. It's a cool scene. Yeah, they should have died though. <laughs> Cuz they waited very long time. I was just glancing at my notes, and I—it's I, always worth noting that there are some pretty great uh, Keanu Reeves line deliveries at the end here. Uh, when they're in the robbery, he's like, "You're blowing it, man! You're breaking your own rules!" Breaking <laughs> your own rules. And then he, when he jumps out, about to jump out of the plane, he goes, "Fucker!" Really well, and it's just like Keanu, you are the like. Who's saying these lines are? He's doing this bad. This is good. This is yeah. good stuff. Yeah. I love this shit. I like that fucker line. I've used that line in the car. Fucker. Times. Um. So then it feels like this should be the end, and he's gonna catch him. But no. But no. <laughs> they land. They're both hurt because he catches them, but he squeezes out of it, and they he gets Lori Petty called by that guy because there was a time yep. limit there, 
and he gives up Lori Petty, but then he's like, well, see you later, buddy. I'll see you another life. And he's out of here. And you're like, fuck, is this a movie where the bad guy gets away? This is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that twist, too, because I'm just like, this fucking guy gets away. And by the way, Hot Fuzz kind of does this, too. Like, it feels like there's multiple Endings. little climaxes, right? And then, um, yeah, then it's like a year goes by. Yeah, like nine months. And it feels like, and so we get this little epilogue, and it's like, arguably the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Because we get back to, it's been a while since we've been surfing, and here he is, they've been talking earlier in the movie about, like, the big wave, that when it's a 50-year event where this giant wave comes, and it's, like, the perfect challenge be, for a... the biggest storm in the 50 years. Right. In... Where was it? Like New Zealand or Australia? Somewhere. Australia. Yeah. So, you know, it's a big, it's been mentioned before. And of course, this is how Keanu Reeves knows that this is happening. He should go down and try to get it. Because and, he's been tracking him for these nine months. And I love that. I love that he like, they have this little exchange on the beach. It's like, I've been, fall- I almost got you here. I almost got you here. And I'm just like, that's a, that's fucking cool. We're filling in shit that we didn't get to see. And there's like a whole little movie that can play in my head yes. thinking about what this whole thing has been like. Yes. And I love that. It's just some, an extra thing that you get to do as an audience maker, uh, an audience member to kind of fill in. Love that. And then we get an awesome fucking kind of rain-soaked fist fight on the beach mm-hmm. where they're going at it. And then we get back to kind of like this existential question of like, you can't, I'm not, like he, because Johnny Utah wins. He beats him in the fight. He cuffs him to himself. Cuffs him and that's it, right? It's over. Done. But he's like, and then the other cops are coming and he's just like, I can't, you can't bring me to jail. Like, I you can't. can't cage me. Just let me go out. Like, it's a giant wave. No, because everybody else on the beach is left. There's no, no surfer will attempt this because it's stupid. You just die. You're going to die. So he's like, just let me go. I'm not going to be cut in a cage. Just let me go out here and ride this fucking wave and die. Right. And that's what he does. He lets him go, and he that's just, he. You see him kind of crashing into the waves, and, and it's kind Keanu of a beautiful. Walks off and throws his badge into the God, ocean. It's so fucking awesome! What a way to. End. I mean, it's just like you get this spectacular jump of uh, at the end of the movie, and you feel like, and then the bad guy gets away, and you're just like, "This is fucking weird." Mm-hmm. And then you get like this little epilogue. And he catches the bad guy, and then he lets the bad guy. But it gets it refocuses on these two guys in this relationship because it's weird because it is weird to have the movie kind of turn into this like air skydiving movie where he his goal is to basically get Lori Petty back right mm-hmm. and it's weird because she's not played as like a damsel any at any point in the movie she's tough she is an equal she's way more than equal than Keanu Reeves she's a far better surfer or whatever yep. and we don't see her struggle in captivity she just is taken and we don't see her till the end so. It, it, it kind of glosses over that, and I appreciate that. But it is weird that we're like, it's not the relationship that's really realistic in the movie anyway. Mm-mm. We feel the connection between Bodhi and Johnny Utah more. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it brings you back to that at the end is very smart, and it just it gives you the fight that you need to see between these two. These guys have to tussle, mm-hmm. and they tussle, and I like that. So it's a fucking cool ending. So did he survive? So overall, no, he died. Oh, so he killed himself? You Well, n- I, essentially, because I think that the other cops are not going to not search the area or wait to see if there's a body, and they're, they're going to find him. They're going to find a dead body floating on the thing. So, no, he died. That's what happened, for sure. Wait, you don't think so? Where's he going to go? He says, where am I going to go, man? It's true. Where is he going to go? They're all right there. They're he can't all swim right out. There. Maybe you could. He could hop on a turtle and swim off like Jack Sparrow or whatever. So that's Point Break. It's still awesome. I love it. Still holds it. up. Now, uh, it's funny because a lot of people cite this, and it's true. The first Fast and Furious movie from, like, 2001 is essentially Point Break for most of it. Paul Walker is the Johnny Utah character, and Vin Diesel is Bodie. They're stealing DVD players. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And it obviously ends a little bit different. Paul Walker has a more of affinity to uh, Dominic Toretto and obviously the his sister. And, of course, Dominic Toretto doesn't murder anybody in the movie. Yeah, I feel like... That's a key yeah, difference. Yeah, Johnny Utah would have gone down that path had he not killed anyone in that bank. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's the key difference in The Fast and the Furious. It does make Toretto a more... Morally. Like, morally likable character. I don't know if that was always the intention or... Because, I mean, if you remember, it's so crazy to think about that now because The Fast and the Furious came out and it never really seemed like it was going to be a franchise. And, in fact, Vin Diesel's not in the second one. It's Paul Walker's character doing a whole different thing. And then it doesn't even come really back, really, until the fourth one. But And then it's a whole different fucking thing, right? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it is. The first Fast and the Furious is a weaker installment in the franchise, in my opinion, because it is just kind of a ripoff of Point Break and it's not as good. It's got a couple of decent car scenes, but not really. Who cares? Yeah. It's not Point Break. It's not Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah and Bodie. Bodie. Now, Paul, and I, and again, like, Paul Walker, and this is weird because Paul Walker, in the first few of those, first couple especially, Fast and Furious movies, he's not great. And he's very wooden. And he's wooden in a way that is not, I would say, like as... Keanu Reeves? I think it is a little bit intentional, but I also think he's just not, he never was as a, a dynamic of an actor as Johnny. Wow, he's throwing shade Johnny on Tess a dead Cameron. guy. Wow. Now, that being said, I think that he, his death after Seven has shown how important he was a little bit to those movies, especially like four, five, six, and seven. Like, cause the ones after they feel like something's missing in a weird way. Yeah. And I think it's Paul Walker. And you're just like, well, wait, this guy was never good. Quote unquote, good in these movies, but maybe it helps you reassess a little bit. It does. Now, what about a world where there was like point break two, point break three, point break four. Would you have we wanted that? We don't need it. I feel like they did the darn thing. You don't want that world. It had, uh, it made a bunch of money and had it come out in 2000 and had Patrick Swayze's character not killed a person and didn't and then obviously because in the Fast and Furious world people get killed but they come back all the time Letty has been killed and she comes back you think it's in like maybe not the second one but in like the third one or fourth one Patrick Swayze is like he say he didn't kill anybody he gets up it's like he has amnesia. They found him on a beach somewhere. Oh yeah, like an other I'm continent. All over that. And he's just like, I've got amnesia. Am I a bad guy? Am I a good guy? And then Johnny Utah finds him. I feel like that movie could be made. Yeah, they could make that movie. They did remake Point Break. No. Uh, a couple years ago. Nah, we did, don't need to talk about that. Did you see it? No. Neither did I because fuck that unnecessary fuckers. It didn't. It didn't look good. They changed some stuff, so the trailer never looked good, and then so I never bothered. Nah. Yeah. Who cares? Point Break. OG. Point That's break. That. It's the bomb. We like it. All right. That has been this episode of Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm going to give you credit for sticking with this. Yeah. Because you, a little fun fact behind the scenes, you're in excruciating pain because of your lower back right now. Yeah. You're having those, a hard time sitting. All those childbirths in the past and all this quarantining sitting at home is killing me. We got to get you a different chair for recording. Oh, I thought you were going to say get me a different spine. And I was like, Yes. Sign me up for a robot spine. Where's that movie? RoboCop. Did we do uh, RoboCop already? Yes. Yeah, it's an yeah. awesome movie. Ro Let's go watch it. That. that was a good yeah. movie. This is like, Point Break is, if you want past episodes of the show, and we'll put it on the website, but uh, the Predator episode, the RoboCop episode, these are the same realm. These are the these are the same fucking awesome movies that you should just be watching yeah. all the time. Yeah, there, there are definite movies that hold up. Yeah, it's fucking and awesome. awesome. And if you honestly, if you got a problem with uh, Keanu Reeves or this movie, you can kindly go fuck off. 
<laughs> jug on. Yeah, jug on. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. We will talk at you another movie. Bye. Bye. Stay safe. Stop. <laughs> I mean, yeah, do stay safe. Yeah. <laughs>